Welcome to another episode of a quick timeout podcast presented by Dr. Dish Basketball with the offseason here and hopefully your players in the gym working on their game. Now is as good a time as any to look into purchasing a Dr. Dish shooting machine. I've been using RCT with our guys here. They've had a great time this offseason getting better. Some of the players we've had in for camps, um, they've got the built-in tablet, so it's more than just a shooting machine. You can use it to work on dribbling, passing, player development. Uh, it, you, know, you can move it all over the floor, super versatile. Um, it's something that I wish we had gotten even longer ago. Uh, if you're interested in it, you can visit drdishbasketball.com. And if you talk to a sales rep, just mention quick timeout. You can get $300 off your purchase. Again, that's drdishbasketball.com. You and your players will be glad that you had it this offseason. Making his second appearance on a quick timeout podcast. Once you get to two, and especially once you get to three, you're a regular. So, Coach Brooks, you're you're on the brink of being a regular. Today's guest is Coach, Coach Wes Brooks, assistant coach for the Ohio State University Buckeyes women's basketball team. Coach, great to have you back. Man, glad to be here, man. Always enjoy what you do especially with the player development, the small side of games. Uh, I'm a big believer in it. It's part of my philosophy, part of what I do development-wise. So uh, I, I love it. So anything, anytime I can come on here and talk ball with you, Tony, is, is, is amazing. So, Coach, you talked about like the small side of games. You, we've talked, we talked last time you were on about kind of using those in player development and workouts and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But today, kind of talking in the context more of like five out, it could be part of like player development and that sort of thing. But let's take a step back. You're new there to Ohio State, slightly different system than maybe that you you were you had before. So let me talk talk to me about from that perspective, walking into a new scenario and trying to learn that. With your background, you've had experience with a lot of the concepts that are used. But like, talk to me about how you've gone about picking it up and the kinds of things that you all do. Even around there, you were talking about maybe some of the things that you do with the staff there to educate yourself, acclimate yourself to the system before you even get a chance to probably even teach it very much. Absolutely. Absolutely. So it's been fun. It's just like being a freshman uh, basketball mm-hmm. player or, or, or let's just say for better, uh, another better comparison is, is if you're a professional basketball player and you get into a new system, you got to learn the playbook. So, and it's one of those things where, you know, I, Coach McGuff, I, I've seen it uh, playing against it. Uh, with the five out and stuff, but now you get to actually dive into it and get the nuances of it. So right away, you know, I mean, I got with the video coordinator, Ryan Murray, who's, I mean, phenomenal. He's phenomenal. He has everything categorized, organized, and we've done some film sessions with him, me and him one-on-one. Like he's a coach and I'm I'm the player and we're just breaking down offense, taking Coach McGuff's play card and going through different concepts that we have, different things that we do. Uh, so I can learn it, so I can have it in my mind and implement it and be ready to teach it. Uh, so it's been really refreshing for me. Uh, it's something I definitely believe in. As you said, uh, everybody, anybody who knows me knows that I am a big read and react guy, meaning five out read and react principles to teachings. I'm very good friends with Rick Torbert. Uh, me and him talk once a week. And so uh, I am, I'm a disciple of that. And then going back even to when I first started in the business, I think Coach Beeline was way ahead of his time. With the four out, with his four out one in two guard front, and the ability of having that bid that can space the floor and shoot, even though even back a few years ago when we had uh, Wagner, that's kind of my wheelhouse, and I'm in it now, and just uh, hoping that I can add a few concepts or add uh, you know some things to this that make us even better and uh, get the Buckeyes to where we want to go, uh, which is Final Four. 
I think there's enough uh, talk around five out that even coaches who didn't know about it a year ago probably looked more into it. And there was more talked about it during the NCAA tournament. And so it got publicity during that time for maybe those that don't necessarily know exactly what it is or how it's different or what's unique about it. How would you describe that to somebody? Well, I, I think it just teaches the game. I think it, it teaches positionless basketball, but teaches uh, position versatility. Uh, I also think it, it opens the floor up. And as Rick Majerus says, spacing is offense, offense is spacing. So the, the idea is you're running offense to get space to do things. You're running offense to get space to uh, score shots and create shots for your teammates. Um, and so I think uh, the five-out offense um, – yeah, it allows you to spread the floor and get that spacing. Um, I think the other thing is it opened up the lanes. So necessarily, if you don't have a person who is really good at dribble drive, they can be a cutter and they can cut through the lane and get their sales open. Uh, if you have a mismatch, that person can cut into the lane and, and, and become a post player. So I just think the versatility and the options it gives – that five out it, it, to start on that. And and I, and I would tell anybody who's like, well, you got to have a traditional post or you got to have, we need inside game. Well, you do. And you get it different ways. You get it off the cut, you get it off the dribble drive pace touch, you get it off a dive into the post. And I would tell them that also that throughout the possession, even if you're running your sets, there are going to be times where you have three out, two in, four out, one in, five out. And so I think everything, to start everything eventually will get into a four out one in or three out two in depending on how many people you have inside. But I think five out is the spacing of it and the way to start it. And you can start, I mean, people teach so many different ways. I think you, you teach the little stretch where we stretch them over to the sideline, right, Tony? Um, mm -hmm. Here, we're going to do it a different way where we're kind of three high. So now mm -hmm. we have a three guard front, you know what I mean? Which is very different than people are used to. Um, and then some people just treat to teach the traditional five out one out front. So there's now we're starting to see the evolution of the different ways that five out can be taught. Now you've got one guard front, two guard front, three guard front. And that's what makes this thing so unique, man. And it's, uh, and it's, the, and it's just the evolution of the game and constant, constant involvement. Can you explain the player movement while people have the ball? So you talked about cutters and whatnot. Um, so what do you do in reaction to the player that has the ball? And what do you do? once you've given the ball up within the offense? So for me, let's just talk about my background and the way I've studied it. You know, um, we'll do a little bit of that this year, but just, I always like to say uh, circle movement, all right? So circle movement, if the ball, if you drive right, everybody circles one spot to the right, which is why the spots are so big, you know? Uh, if you drive left, everybody circles one spot to the left, um, which, is, which, is, which is that. If you pass, basket cut. Some people don't want a basket cut, so some people make a different type of cut. So if you're if you're go, some people just cut out. Some people don't basket cut; they're cut out. So I think that's the type of movement. Uh, if you pass, um, you basket. You can dribble that, dribble that, send somebody back door, or you can pass and cut and dive into and dive into a post up. Um, so I think that's the movement. But I think you have to. I think the, depending on the version of the five out that you want to run. That version is how you define your movement. I, I prefer to do the circle movement because I think it, it puts a lot of pressure on the defense. It creates long closeouts. It creates drive opportunities. And, and so I think it causes a lot of problems. I also like the basket cut because you're always having somebody put pressure on there. But, I mean, you also have the old Bobby Huggins five out where you just sent that smash cut in the middle at the elbow and you slip, you know. So there's many different ways that you can structure your movement. I just like to structure it that way. 
uh, that coordinated movement because then you, you make uh, ball handling wise with circle movement, you make the decision making easier for your ball handler and you hold responsible the people around the ball handler. So if they don't get to their spot and it's not necessarily on the ball handler, it's, it's a responsibility of that person. So you, you have a little bit more accountability with that, which is I, I like I like the circle movement. And then with the passing and cutting, some people want to cut to the basket. Some people just want to cut out. I think that either way, depending on how you structure your cutting, uh, it, it can it's going to open up or cause a driving lane. So some people are cut. Some people are cut. Uh, that's a better way to describe it. Some people are cutting to open a gap, or some people are cutting to put that pressure on the basket. So mm-hmm. is a, a to the basket or out. So however you want to play, however you want to define it, I think. Uh, but I think either way is good. Just it's a preference. It's almost like West Coast offense in football, right? There's little, many different versions of that. Well, it's going to be it's the same way with five out. You'll see different versions of that, you know. And I think the other reason I like five out, and this is the thing I really like about it, or you know, four out one in. Is this the way this this version of is because you see a lot of the NBA, and I always tell coaches we're always stealing stuff. Everybody's on Twitter. We're stealing things. We're tweeting out different plays. Well, can you take that action? and place it into your into your offense and not have to make that many major adjustments. And like I said, that since I've been here, Coach McGuff and I, we get in the film room with our video coordinator, and we watch about 45 minutes of NBA games from the previous night. Like, And we've done that three or four times a week. And this, we just, okay, we want to take this idea, we'll take this idea, we'll take this idea. And this to have that, I mean, so we have a ton of ideas, ton of ATO ideas, ton of offensive things that you can just do at any moment and you catalog that and you'll never know where you're going to put them during the season, but we have them. So I think that's the other thing. Can you see, can you see something you like, see a new idea and seamlessly transition it into what you like to do? Without giving away any of your secrets, what have you seen from even this year's NBA? Is there something like something that a team does or some things that you have seen that you can implement in with what? the kinds of things that you just discussed there? We've been looking at some ATOs. Um, I think kind of you have a person outside to stagger away on the ATO uh, where you can single curl, curl it around or come off the total stagger. Uh, a lot of, a lot of, I guess to say a hammer action, a flare action on the backside, whatever you prefer to call it. Uh, I would say a flare if it's above the el- if it's above the elbow extended, a hammer if it's below the elbow extended. So that type of stuff. But then just the spacing and the creativity of that. So that I would say a good team, teams we have watched. Let's just talk about teams we have watched. We watched the Nuggets, we watched the Jazz, we watched the Suns, and even the Lakers a little bit. So those are the four teams we've kind of just really studied and just clipped and uh, gone from there. You know. Do you use any ball screen within what you? Yes. Are? So you know, I am a ball screen guy. Like I think the ball screen can be a, a definitely a good supplement to any to any offense. I think especially if you have somebody who if you have a, a quarterback as I say that can make all the throws on the court that that can understand and they can play and so you know kind of what we do if you watch Ohio State from the last years or previous a lot of things we do goes into a high on ball or a lot of things we do will go to a step up on the on the wing and then now you play out of it and so it kind of just naturally goes into that or flipping the ball back get, throwing it to the elbow flipping it back and then going into a ball screen so yes, we do do some ball screen stuff out of it, and I think this being being different, this kind of movement before the ball screen occurs. You know, a couple of years ago, and probably even still so now, because I think the college game is about two to three years always behind the the NBA game. You see now, and I started seeing it at the end of last season, uh, people screening 
the person who's going to set the ball screen. So you set the RAM action, right? Where you set the screen for the person, then that frees up that person on the ball screen. Now, all of a sudden, now you've automatically created that two-on-one because it's because you screen that person out of the play. So uh, kind of working on that type of stuff. Um, those are just some, some wrinkles that, you know, we've kind of discovered in different way, different movement before you get into the ball screen action. As far as personnel goes, do you have to, if you are going to run the ball screen with more ball screens, do you have to have a traditional bigger player to that to do that or are you able to have the flexibility still do you screen with guards do you play more five so is it truly kind of like that i think it's based on skill set right i think it's based on skill set so even if you're undersized if my if my undersized player is 5 11 and they're undersized and they they can't shoot you still want them rolling to the basket if they're six foot four and they can shoot (laughs) you're going you want to pop them but if they're six foot four and they can shoot this in there and they can do inside game and outside game, you can go. So I think it's based on skill set. I think that's the thing also. It's not based on this, we're not pigeonholing players. And then now players can elevate to that skill set. And development is based on we're developing while we do all this skills and skills and skills. Well, now this is this this type of offense, this type of freedom, uh showcase those skills. Um so how you teach it is very important. I think teaching it in phases, whether you teach a pass and cut, you teach the circle movement, you teach post feeds, then you get into your different screening actions. I think the buildup of it and how you teach it uh, ultimately is going to determine how the type of success you have with it. Um, so teaching it in layers so that it gets to uh, where you want it to be and how you want it to look is very important. The best basketball coaches are relying on data more than ever. That's why coaches love Huddle Assist. With Assist, you get full game breakdowns, including complete team and player stats, in less than 24 hours. Your stats are ready when you need them. And Assist is more than just the box score. Use interactive reports like shot charts and advanced stats like lineup data, VPS, and of course, effective field goal percentage to coach smarter. Plus, Assist brings your stats to life. Every stat is marked on the video at the moment it happened. See every shot, turnover, rebound, and much more with just a few clicks. Want to see how Huddle Assist is elevating basketball? Visit huddle.com slash assist. That's huddle.com slash assist to learn more. So how do you plan to implement this, especially with the new players who don't have experience within the program? Well, it's very interesting because I'm the new player too, right? So I'm the new coach. So the team, the offense now has been in place here for about two years. And so he'll He'll go. He'll start from the basis with me and the other guys, and we'll just kind of just break it down layers. We'll we'll start with one section of the offense, or one action. He likes to call it family. So we'll start with one family, and then we'll just build in off that action and put a little bit of here and a little bit there. But we'll want to put the foundation in the summer so that by the time the fall comes, uh, you get rolling with it. So it'll, it's a process, and um, that's kind of how we do it. You know, this one action at a time and get really good at that one action. But it does not take away from the player development aspect of it either. Um, and the advantage basketball that we've talked about before, uh, not as, just not to just go sidetrack, but just to get people to understand how important advantage basketball is. I think, Tony, you preached it. Uh, I've, I've studied it from you and other people. And advantage is just not about <laughs> get going off the dribble, right? People fail to realize if you can't dribble, you can still create advantage if you have a hard cut. So now all of a sudden I make a, a pass, a pass and make a give and go and I catch it. I can still have advantage basketball. Now, if I can get it all the way to the rim on a give and go, I'm going to have a layup. If I can't, then I lose my advantage. I still go power move up and unders, all that. 
if I if I lose my advantage, then as we know, as we teach, we go Barclays, you know. So even so, it's, even if you don't get it off the dribble, all that stuff still applies to a person who's just a cutter, which is why it's so important. So I mean, I think people get so caught up on you got to play with the dribble and advantage. No, you, you can play with the advantage basketball with the cut too, and uh, I think that's very important. Hard cuts get you open, dribbles get you open, a good screen gets you open. So we're creating. That's how we're creating advantage. Some people can create the advantage with an ISO. Some people create the advantage with a hard cut. Some people create advantage with screen. So I think that's this uh, important side note. And at the end of the day, that's the basis for it. And so now we take that and we build up into offensive scheme. So I think player development is key if you want to play like this. Yeah, that's a great point. Let me go back and ask you something before we go on to anything mm-hmm. else. You talked about like the families. Can you mm-hmm. give like one example of that? Like family yeah. of action? For instance, let's say I like a bass green, right? Let's say let's say let's say bass green. So let's a bass green on a wing. So that's the that's the action that we want to really execute. I'm just doing something generic because I don't want to give anything away. A sure. bass green on a wing. Okay. Let's take that bass screen on the wing and let's see how many different things we can do with a bass screen on the wing. Or a simple, even better than that, a down screen. Let's say a down screen, I pass to the wing and I go down screen. They can curl it, they can uh, flare it, they can slip it. All right, so that would be an example. All right, so we got we a simple down screen. We got four things we can do. That's a family of plays. And then now that's just the simplest form. Things get a little bit more complex, okay? So now we have an action uh, where we have a, a you know a double ball screen. Well, what what are all the actions we can do? We might go off the double ball screen and flare it. We might go off the double ball screen uh, and have the players come together and slip or rescreen it. You know this, and so that's so you take one action and then you build three or four other actions off of that. Now that's a package or that's a series of plays, and then you can do it for a player. Okay, what are what are the four best plays we can do for Susie or Joe? All right. So Susie, all right, these are your four plays, and we're going to get her in these actions at, in her spots. And so now we have a package of plays for that. So that's kind of what – kind of actually why we watch so much NBA basketball because we're looking for different ways and different actions where, okay, we can package this. We can get we can get this action, this action, this action, package it, package it, put it on the play card, it's there. Or we might just save it. You know, we might just save it. Like we're, we're recruiting right now. We're preparing for visits. Oh, okay, we can use this, and we'll take these three or four actions. We'll clip it. And then now we'll use this in player development. We're going to sell this in player development because this is what we can do. We've identified it. This is what it looks like. And this is how we can use you based on your game in our offense. And that's the thing. Everybody can fit, you know, because of that. So it's really great for recruiting as well. I hear coaches who really want to, like they're on the cutting edge and they're going all into a conceptual offense. And some of them will make the comment in a discussion of, of coaches around coaches. I didn't call one play all year. We ran just straight concepts. Do you guys call anything? I guess is what I'm asking. So there are calls. There, there are calls. We have things that he'll call out of a timeout. Uh, if you see something that he can pick on, he'll call really at the timeout. You'll see a lot of calls or you'll see something. If he, if he identifies something, but I think the idea is you want your players to play and you want players that make, you, you don't want to run plays. You want to make plays. And at the end of the day, when you get to tournament play, the defense is really good. The coaching is really good. So now you need somebody to step up and make a play. And so this is how this evolves. And the kids have a mentality and they have a mindset and it helps them make plays, you know. So this this type of offense leads to freedom to make those type of plays. But yes, I think they're all calls, and I think there's time. There are time that you do need to have calls. 
um, the player development. How how big are those groups that you typically work with? I think we'll do like three to four in a group. I think you'll do uh, we'll do individuals, and then we'll go team. There'll be sometimes we'll do some team things. So usually at our level, uh, you'll have um, maybe two out. You get four hours, and you'll do an hour uh, player development, or you break that up in three forty-five minute sessions, and maybe one team session for an hour. But you try and get a good mix and a good balance. So you're getting both the individual development as well as the team development. Go ahead and explain how those kind of are laid out. We talked about this the last time you were on, and hopefully people will go back and listen to that as far as you know, kind of organizing and, and running an individual workout. But even within what we're talking about here today of, of teaching them the offense, how do you go about structuring that in your 45-minute and hour-long session? I think one thing is you want to get some – skill development in which is ball handling and shooting and all that i think shooting we got to do a lot of shooting uh, because you want to you got to make shots right so try and shoot maybe 10 to 15 minutes a day and it can be a shooting game and and some people's like you got to always get shots in your offense well i think that's true but i also like the games because the games actually build a, a confidence in the mentality so you got bird drills, you got different drills. The coach neighbors does a very good job. He's laid out a, a bunch of stuff with his green light shooting. I think those drills are great. Uh, then you want to get shots in the offense and get familiar with we, me and Carla, our assistant today, we were talking about uh, this shots in the offense uh, and getting familiar with it and getting multiple shots in multiple spots. So you kind of build the shooting out. And then once you, you do your shooting and, and then, then after that, we go into a little bit of uh, spot development, advantage development, where you're trying to create different ways of creating that advantage. So you got your shooting, your advantage development. And then after that, then you'll take a concept like we just talked about a family and then you'll do that. So between that workout and then we're going to also do some defensive stuff in there as well, some movement stuff. And that's kind of the thing uh, that people have done, gone to is this movement, uh, those defensive movements that you need to have. So you have your defense, you'll have your shooting, that advantage development, as I like to call it, action development or play development, and then your defensive habits of movement. I think all four of those things make a great workout, a great play development workout. So then in turn, then when you have your team practice, okay, it might be some more shooting drills or, or, or a breakdown, but then we go and now we're getting right into defense, our team defensive concepts and our team offensive concepts. Before we wrap things up here, can you give me – Maybe somebody or something that as if somebody's listening to this and wants to either further their knowledge about the things we talked about with five out or kind of wants to get introduced a little bit more to it. Is there somebody or a, some team that you've watched that you would point them to to go learn more? For teaching, I think there's two things. I think the best teacher of five out offense, in my opinion, and he's a friend of mine, is Rick Torbert. I, I think he's the best teacher of, of five out offense. And I think if you run that, if you listen to the way he teaches it, there's nobody better, especially the way he breaks it down. And then it, then when you I think you do a great job with the development of advantage basketball. I think your I think if anybody hasn't seen your video, they need to see it because you do a great job. I think John Lienzo does a great job and Cassie, all three of you guys do a great job of teaching advantage basketball and advantage player development. So for player development purposes, I would say go to you guys. You know, and I think Rick Torbert has done a great job of putting the structure in offensively uh, with this, the rules and the principles. And then watching game like films, um, I would say the NBA, because you're going to get the NBA is just a smorgasbord of ideas. I think the Bucks, the Lakers, the Suns, a lot, a lot of these NBA teams are just going to this five out and letting them play. And then people are like, well, how do you do it? Well, you, you look at them and then you steal what you want 
dump what you don't want. But I think those are great. Uh, those are great teams as well. That's Coach Wesley Brooks of the Ohio State University Buckeyes. Coach, thanks for taking the time. Appreciate having you on. I always appreciate talking with you. Thanks, Tony.